Hi, we're Empowered Creatives, an organization that gives creative youth a safe space to express themselves without restrictions and limitations. I'm Maya, I'm 15 years old. Some things I'm interested in, I really enjoy speech and debate as well as being very passionate about Netflix. <laughs> Hi, I'm Alana, I'm 19 years old. I'm passionate about music and anything that has to do with it. However, I do speak up on a lot of social issues that we embrace as females and as people of this world. And I'm Sochi. I'm going to be behind the camera today, God miking it, uh, just being devil's advocate for the questions that we have today. Today's topic will be gun violence. The first question I have for you is what is your first memory of gun violence becoming a problem? I think mine was Sandy Hook. Yeah, I would say me too, probably. Is that yours also? I, gun violence in real life, so I grew up playing a lot of violent video games, if you would say, so like Grand Theft Auto and then a bunch of first person shooters. So I had grown accustomed to thinking that guns are fun and I can die as much as I want and then keep getting spawned again. But the, I guess, gun violence that, an event that popped up would have to be, well, Sandy, Sandy Hook was a big one. That was a big issue and also there's just been so much that has happened and it's progressively gone forward but Sandy Hook was a big one I think actually for me it's not specifically gun violence but I remember like right off the bat from being very young when I was starting to go over to other kids houses um, my mom always wanted to check if there was or ask if there was a gun in the house because she was worried that we would like play around with it and someone would get hurt so I guess right from the beginning it's always been a presence like wondering about violence and stuff like that. I think Sandy Hook for me was my first like absolute memory of like hearing about gun violence, but I feel like um, as I got older, I was more like, I was able to understand it more. And so I feel like I was, the, as I can't talk. Although like that was my first experience like ever hearing about it or like realizing it as a major thing. I was still really young when that happened. And so I feel like now with the recent events that have happened, I'm more involved that can actually like grasp further what's been happening. I had, um, a bunch of BB guns and paintball guns growing up. And there's a lot of violence inflicted with that because we'd accidentally shoot each other from like a close distance. And man, if you ever got shot with a paintball gun like this far, you'll get like a huge welt. So that's just, so. it's just at a young age, I was probably like six or seven playing around with my older brother who's like eight years older than me trying to play in like the big boy stuff. And yeah, that's, to have access to that as a little kid, yes, paintball guns and BB guns aren't lethal, but just imagine like a real gun, you know, that's the same aspect to it. Toy guns have been around forever. Do you feel like they are part of the problem? Do you feel like we are part of the problem? Do you feel like it's a mental health issue? Do you feel like... Guns are, there are more guns. What do you, what do you think about toy guns and how are they relatable now? I feel like they're, I don't know. I'm kind of back and forth on that. I feel like they're definitely, I, okay. Like I don't think they're good. Like I think the idea of giving a child a gun like to play with is weird and crazy. However, I think that 
any, like, someone should be able to understand the difference between having a toy gun versus having a real gun and what the repercussions of what that could place, you know? But I definitely think that it has an impact, uh, impact on what people perceive them as and... Yeah, I think that it may somewhat normalize the idea of guns being like a part of everyday life and sort of introduce that at a young age that it's it's just something that everyone has, even if you're a child and you have a lesser version. Um, but I guess I haven't thought about that a ton in the past, but I guess now that I'm thinking about it a little more, it does seem maybe it normalizes it a bit. I was going through photo albums last night, just reminiscing on stuff, because it was National Siblings Day. I was like, all right, let me go find a picture of my brother. And he was probably like two years old in a complete um, army uniform with a toy gun, and he looked so happy. And that started to spark, okay, what other kind of guns I had? I had like a toy gun with like an obvious orange tip at the end, and a normal gun, or an actual gun, wouldn't have that. And then, while you were talking about it, um, differentiating between the two, I had this one toy gun that just lit up and it was completely looking like a Power Rangers gun. But it sounded, <laughs> it sounded like an actual, just like pop, 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 but not, not how that sounds. But yeah, I also remember that when I was young, I didn't really have, I think, no, I didn't really have any, but my older brother, he had Nerf guns and whatever, and they were legitimately really fun. And so it's a tough issue to think that, you know, that could be contributing to harm, but also take away something that legitimately brings children joy. So um, it's hard to decide on that, I guess. If you ever become mothers, do you feel like you would buy your children toy guns? I don't think so, no. <laughs> Same here. I don't think I would. Yeah, I'd choose a different, um, a different toy for sure. Like maybe a slingshot. Wouldn't <laughs> hurt as it's bad. just, it's not necessary. There's no reason that a kid should have to have a toy gun. You know, like I mean, I get that they're fun. Like, don't get me wrong. I like Nerf guns too. But I, it's not. I think what it's become has, it's kind of normalized the idea of guns and the idea of violence, and I think that's causing problems. And so, I mean, if I can avoid that as much as possible and not teach other people the same thing, then I'd like to do that. And I do think there are just so many other ways that you can replace something like that and you can give them a different toy. It's not unique in the fact that it provides fun to a kid because a kid can find fun in so many different things. Yeah, and it doesn't have to cause harm at all. For sure. How has your school changed for you in the last two years since all the mass shootings in the schools? So I go to American River College and we haven't done any type of like safety, like any type of drills. Um, as of um, a couple months ago, I got a mass text that um, other classmates got saying that there was an active shooter on campus and it, we were told to avoid a certain place. But other than that, we haven't had any drills. We had, I've had one discussion with my professor about a time that that's happened in our building because the music department is a really small building. There's only really three exits. So other than that, uh, no, nothing really has changed. Is it a daily fear for you when you go to school? That's something you have to think about now or is it even in the back of your mind or is it kind of always been that way? I feel like it's always been that way for me personally. I'm kind of an 
overly observant person and I constantly have everything on the back of my mind. So I'm always thinking about what could happen. But I think definitely since, you know, I think, I think mass shootings and situations like this aren't new. They're not something that has just recently happened. I think they've always existed, but just because of the presence of social media and all the other outlets, we've been able to like hear about it more. And I think it's definitely bringing awareness to the issue, but, um, I don't say that I can't say that me personally, I'm scared to go to school. Um, I think the chances of it happening are rare, which I think also doesn't make sense at the same time, because obviously it has happened to people and that I'm not any different. It could, could happen, but I think I'm not one to always constantly like live my life in fear. Yeah. I I remember when I was younger, I was a little bit more worried about it. And then middle school, I wasn't really thinking about it, but recently with all that's come up, um, I wouldn't say it's like a daily thing, but I do think about it sometimes when I'm at school. And like Isabel said, I'm not I'm not really like afraid to go to school every day, but I think that I'm also in a situation where I go to a school where it's not as much of an issue as in some other parts of the country where it might be. You know, I live in California. There's a lot less gun presence here than there are in some other states. And um, I think that contributes to the less fear that we have. And I think that some kids in the country definitely do have more fear about it. Yeah, I've um, grown to start to watch people's um, behaviors because there's a lot of telltale signs of who a shooter could be if you would know them at all. So that's one thing that I've um, definitely looked towards um, when meeting someone new or just seeing how people's behaviors have changed. And that can just spark some vigilance, really. So we haven't seen too much change in schools yet, but I want to hear your initial reactions for the things that they have suggested. Uh, first off, clear backpacks. How do you feel about clear backpacks at your school? Ridiculous. It's dumb. Please don't do it. There are just so many, like, why, why would we do that when we can just regulate the root cause of the problem? Like, like we asked for gun control, not for everyone to see our tampons. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, what, what kind of logic? How does this? It's a complete invasion of privacy. Oh my God. Have you spotted any clear backpacks on your campus yet? No. No, but I've seen threads of it on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's all over social media. And the backlash that schools have gotten because of it, I think, is hilarious. But um, no, personally, my school hasn't. My school's not very, oh, sorry. My school's not very good at, like, I don't know. We, not my school in general, but, like, kind of all throughout my history of schooling, they've never, um, I don't know, I feel like the drills that we have and the safety precautions that we have aren't really fixing anything. You know, the standard safety procedures, like get under your desk and hide and be quiet, which I think, I mean, I guess it's at a situation where you don't really have many options in what to do, but I think that's definitely not the way to go. Yeah, we've always practiced the same thing, just like close the blinds, lock the door, get under the desk. And um, just recently they've started talking about what I think are more realistic options, like all throughout elementary school, that was what we did. And then um, just about a week ago in Chinese class, she had like a whole talk with us where she was like, we're gonna push all our desks against the door, which doesn't make sense because our door opens outward, but that's beside the point. <laughs> um, and like tie a belt around the top and just more specifics about what we should do in that situation. I would like to hear your pros and cons list about having securities in school. Obviously, you guys can have different opinions, but what are the pros and cons you feel having one security guard, multiple security guards? What do you think? Well, on campus, we actually have 
police. So there's a Los Rios campus police that has their own building. And I don't know if they have like a little mini jail, but they have a little, uh, they have patrol cars that will go around. But I don't see their presence there unless called upon. You know, they're just really in the middle of campus, parked. I don't know what they're up to. I do feel a lot more safe with them there because I've seen arrests on campus. And it just gives me a better um, sense of security. I For high schools, I think maybe it's a little different from college campuses, obviously, but I also, I think that it's not necessarily a bad thing to have them there. I just don't think that it's the solution to the problem because we saw in recent shootings that there were security guards and like they weren't effective and um yeah they actually like ran away right exactly they completely They're, left exactly and while it's great to f have that extra sense of security ultimately i think that we need to just get to the root of the problem and stop trying to find band-aid solutions personally i feel like um i don't want to have to feel like i'm going to you know someplace where i need to be scared i like having my environment at school, but um, we have our district paid for security guards at all campuses after Parkland. Um, but, you know, those cost money. We had them for a solid week before they couldn't afford to pay for it anymore, and then they were gone. So they helped for five days, and then they had to leave. We have, my school has less than 200 kids on the entire campus, so it's very small. Um, and we have, like, one now full-time security guard on campus. But, I mean, I feel like they don't do much other than just yell at us to get to class when it, we the bell rang 20 seconds ago. So I think the it's not the most effective method of providing safety in our schools at this point. And my school doesn't have any um, security guards that I know of. But I also think that if we did, it wouldn't provide the security that maybe it's meant to, considering the fact that I know about past instances where security guards have not been helpful. And... Like, I know that that's a possibility and that not everyone is a hero in every situation. And, like, I just don't think that it would provide me with the security that it's necessarily meant to. And I also think that it's not just about providing the students with a sense of security. It's about actually having the security. And the only way to actually have that security is to get to the root of the problem. My last reaction I would like to hear is, how would you feel about having armed teachers or do you know any armed teachers that would like to be armed or that do not want to be armed? Have you heard anything about this at your schools or with your friends? What do you think? I would be terrified if my professors would have a gun because, geez, that just adds, first off, another, I guess, burden that that professor would have to carry because not only are they trying to teach us, but they're trying to protect us as well and possibly put someone else's lives at danger, including their own. And having access to a gun even closer is, I can't wrap my mind around it. There's just so many problems with the idea, including just the teacher having it, and then also the fact that like there's no real good way to make sure that a student doesn't get it. I mean, the only way to make sure a student doesn't get it is have it in some sort of safe, but in some sort of safe where it's really secure, it's not useful in an emergency situation. So either you have the problem of an angry student possibly getting hold of a firearm, or you have the problem of it's actually not useful in any case of emergency, which means there's really no use for it in the school at all. Or, I mean, adding on to that, I think we always like to think of our teachers as like the most 
important people in the world, you know, but at the same time, teachers get angry too. And I'm, I've had instances where I've had, I think I was in third grade when a kid got a globe thrown at his head because he said something the teacher didn't like, you know, so it's just putting more harm into situations where we don't need the extra leverage for people to have to get, you know, do something. And on top of that, there's the accidental discharge situation. Like, even if no one is purposely causing harm, things happen and having a dangerous weapon within a classroom is just asking for more harm to occur. Well, I think the idea is, I think the plan was to have it like in a locked safe in the room, which I mean, yeah, no, I still don't. I think that anyone who has access to that can, it could be used harmfully. And I think I understand that the idea is to like protect students, but I think it's just fighting fire with fire at this point, literally. Yeah, exactly. And it, we'd be moving backwards because I would, when going to like elementary school or high school, whatever, I would see signs like this is a campus or this is a gun-free campus. And then to add a gun to the whole situation is not solving it. It's just adding to the problem. And we have to pull up all the signs and replace them with like, all right, there's this is a gun campus, but it's a safe gun campus. So backwards. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I've not done a ton of looking into this, but if I'm correct, at most of the school shootings, like, or just shootings in general, or just gun attacks, um, other people having guns has not actually helped that much. Um, so that's why I, again, think that, like, just not having the access to the guns when you shouldn't is the best solution. To buy alcohol, you need to be 21 years old. The age for purchasing a gun is 18. Do you think hiring the age to purchase the gun would have any outcomes? Yeah, um, you're a lot more mature when you're 21. I'm not even at that point yet. So, And I can't even imagine myself with a gun. So if, if we're going to raise the limit for cigarettes, marijuana, alcohol to be 21, why not something that can really take multiple lives, not just your own. Yeah, um, I completely agree. Like Another example is you have to be 25 to rent a car, mm -hmm. but you can buy a weapon that could kill someone at a much younger age. And it's not just like, oh, you've learned from experiences, but like scientifically, the part of the brain that has impulse control is not as developed until you're older. It's, it's just ridiculous to like, be giving young people guns when they don't, when it's scientifically proven that they don't have the ability, or not the ability, but they have less control over what they do and don't do. Yeah, I agree. I think that there's been, you know, there's always cases of kids, you know, who commit horrendous acts, and people are like, okay, well, they're kids. They don't have the maturity, so why is it okay to give them guns? You know, I think that we have the logic in certain situations, but not in others, and we pick and choose when we want to use it. And um, like you said, scientifically, you know, at 19, which is the age of Nicholas Cruz, you don't have, you know, you get mad, you get angry. And I think that if maybe if he had been a little bit older or, I mean, it's not really a good example, but, you know, like I think that situations tend to seem less extreme when you get older. And I think that we as teens tend to typically... Um, for. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like impulse like control. I, I'm telling myself, okay, you don't need this cup of coffee. But then again, as I'm standing in line, I'm like, yeah, actually, I do need this cup of coffee. And it's just acting on that impulse, and there's no way to stop it. Yeah, and that's in no way it's to say experience. that <laughs> that youth are incapable of of 
doing great things or making great decisions and all that. We especially see that that's not true with the recent youth uprisings, I guess you could call them, and stepping forward in activism in response to the Parkland shooting. Um, it's just to say that there's absolutely no reason that a young person should have more access to a gun than to something else that we deem harmful. Yeah, and also not not to say that teens are shouldn't be responsible for their actions either. Like, obviously, as much as we make mistakes, I think that we have a certain amount of accountability that needs to be taken. But at the same time, I think that a lot of the situations can be prevented if we just take into account how, what our responsibility should be and what we are, can have the capability of handling. MentalHealthAmerica.net Youth mental health is worsening. Rates of youth with severe depression increased from 5.9% in 2012 to 8.2% in 2015. Even with severe depression, 76% of youth are left with no or insufficient treatment. Do you feel that this is a gun issue, a mental health issue, both slighted one more one way than the other? How do you feel about the balance of both of those? Well, the increase of depression and overall mental health, there's so many factors that comes with um, depression, anxiety. Um, yeah, it could be intake of social media. It could be um, how life is at home. It could be bullying at school. It's hard to say um, how that can affect and be part of gun violence, but just recognizing the fact that younger, younger kids with low or high impulses um, in an unstable mental um, space. I think the problem with labeling um, like school shooters or you know any mass shootings as people who are like mentally ill, I think the problem with attaching that stigma to mental illness is the fact that yes, people who are violent can be mentally ill, but not all people who are mentally ill are violent. You know, I think that it kind of causes a lot more problems than it solves. Yeah, um, I think it should definitely be a mental health issue first, and that just requires more school counseling and stuff like that, um, people being more prepared to deal with these kinds of issues. And I think definitely we need to make sure that there's a clear separation between, um, between the idea that people have mental illness and the idea that there are there is gun violence, because like Isabel said, yes, the two can be connected, but they can also be far apart. And... Um, I think that labeling mentally ill people as generally dangerous can actually increase the mental illness and increase the problem. Right. Um, and it's just not helping anything. But what we do need to do is take preventative me measures and um, against mental illness and ensure that kids are doing the best that they can be doing. We have a few more questions. We have two more questions. What would you like to see be done about gun issues? Um, I feel like we should revisit all the laws, amendments, and regulations that have been built to bring us to where how guns are being regulated now. So the Second Amendment was made in 17, oh geez, 17, 19. I have to pull up this handy dandy phone. So Second Amendment was made, and at the time, we were using muskets, and we had the British 
um, another foreign um, affair just like come in and that's why we needed to protect ourselves with guns. And nowadays, we technology has advanced so much that we have automatic rifles. We have 3D printed weapons that can just be easily downloaded online. So example is Defensive Distributed are makers of the Liberator pistol. And it was downloaded 100,000 times in two days. And all you needed was access to a pretty good 3D printer. So I feel like we should definitely be going back and regulating and amending those amendments that were created hundreds of years ago. Um, one issue that I think that can definitely help solve the problem, and this doesn't apply to California because there are more laws about it in California, but this still applies in 33 states because they've taken no action against it. Um, so the Coalition to Stop Gun Violence talks about how um, at arms shows, licensed and unlicensed sellers can sell guns, and um, they do not have to do background checks, even on those prohibited from purchasing guns by the Gun Control Act. And um, a federal study found that 10% of guns used in crime by juveniles was sold at a gun show or flea market. And in 1999, um, because the firearms sold, sold at gun shows um, resulted in approximately 26,000 firearms used in crime. So a simple thing like regulating that and ensuring that you just can't give guns to people who we've already made by law unable to have guns in every other way will really help the issue. And I looked it up, it's actually, um, the Second Amendment was passed by Congress in 1789 and then ratified in 1791. And it says, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The other thing with that is that the Second Amendment was created so that the people could revolt against their government and overthrow their government. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, we wouldn't be able to do that now because the government has the weapons that we don't have access to. They have drones, they have nuclear weapons, they have chemical weapons, all that, which we just don't have. And so the sole purpose of the Second Amendment no longer applies. I think also that was written at a time when people were considered a fifth of a person. So I think we kind of need to look back and yeah, three fifths. Th yeah, think about. Um, I think that my biggest issue with the statement "guns don't kill people, people kill people" is that, like, although yes, that is true, we're giving people the outlet to do so, and I think we're making it easy for it to happen. And so I just don't understand why we can't, you know, create a way for it to be harder for people to harm other people. Although. Yes, a gun can't shoot itself. Like the existence of that weapon is what makes it possible. Yeah, it's a tool. I mean, our first tool was fire. We can kill, easily kill people with fire. But uh, that completely off topic. <laughs> but it's definitely we need to uproot all the stuff that we've been built upon and start over. Not start over, but definitely change. And it's. It's hard to change, but change is also progress, and progress is change. I know at one point some people had been talking about making gun violence an official public health, what's it called, public health crisis? I think it's called public health crisis, and what this does is it allows more money to be allotted um, to the issue in order to fight big money organizations like the NRA who continually make it more difficult to pass laws and bills about gun control, um, and basically it just says that this is an issue that needs to be addressed, and it makes, and it has rules that says the government needs to give a certain amount of money 
to um, do something about it. Yeah, I read an article in my um, medical science class where we focus on like world health topics, and um, they were talking about how like there was they listed a bunch of like examples of situations where people were trying to make it a public health crisis and were talking about it, but they literally like had to go through lawsuits because they were being sued for infringing on some sort of law. You know, so I think it's just the uh, yeah. What can youth do right now to be helping a change? I think what youth can do is they can go out and actually make a presence at whatever they can. Um, I think that a lot of times people talk about making change, but then they don't actually follow through. So show up to marches, show up to rallies, do whatever you can to actually make the world a better place and take action on the things that you want to happen. To change the world, it all starts with you, because essentially the world is yours. And <laughs> man, just get out there. You have a voice, you have a platform, we have the internet. Just say what's on your mind and be firm with it. I think that especially with social media at our advantage now that it's become even easier to get your voice heard. I mean, look at the Parkland kids, like all they've done. They did so many things in a matter of like, what, nine days? And I think that that was just them speaking up about what they're passionate about and what they believe in. And I think that any of us have the ability to have that impact as well. And we saw so many youth come together um, during the walkout. And that was so incredible. And like, that was something that was easy to participate in because it was happening at your school. But we want to make sure that after all that excitement and after that, some of this initial excitement dies down, we continue to fight for the issue and we don't give up because the fight isn't over. Before we go, we want to, since we've been talking about some negative things, share some good news from the week. So we have two top headlines of good news. First, um, one of the world's toughest ivory bans is set to be approved with overwhelming support to save elephants. So that's really Yay, great. And Portugal recently generated enough renewable energy to power the country for an entire month. So these are some really good progress steps that we are making. Um, um, thank you to Girls Rock and QSC for making this possible. It's, it's really fun. Thank you so much. And this follow um, Empowered Creatives on Snapchat and Instagram and all social media platforms. Empo Word Creatives. Pow Word. Oh, yeah. E-M-P-O-W-O-R-D. Yeah. 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 Creatives. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, guys.